I'm Brad. I'm Justin. And I'm the Cinemaiden. We're just three friends hanging out chatting movies. We are the Cinema Guys. Welcome to the show. Hey everybody, welcome into a brand new episode of The Cinema Guys. If this is your first time in, this episode is going to be a little different than what we normally do. And if you are returning, we love having you back. Like I said, this is going to be a little different than what we normally do. Usually it is myself, Justin, and The Cinemaiden, and we talk through either a movie or whatnot for each episode, but they are taking this episode off as I recently attended Horror Hound Weekend here in Cincinnati. It is a horror convention that I absolutely love going to. So I'm going to give my recap of the weekend, some of the films that I had the pleasure of seeing this weekend. I have a few interviews for you from a couple of the filmmakers of their films that I saw Adam Ryder and Jonathan Katzoff, and another interview from the writer, director, creator of The Terrifier, Damian Leone, and Art the Clown himself from Terrifier, David Howard Thornton. I am really excited for you guys to hear my short little chats with them, as well as kind of go through what I saw at Horror Hound, what I attended. I want to thank Zoe and Jay Everyone that I met who volunteers and works for Horror Hound, Kelly, many other people, I had such a blast over the weekend, and I cannot wait to return to Horror Hound this September, so I will be attending that one. Before I jump into all things Horror Hound weekend, we have a couple great giveaways in the works. Make sure you follow our social media at the cinema guys on Twitter and Instagram, or head over to wearethecinemaguys.com and we have links to all of our social. We have a couple Blu rays to give away. One is for Scream, own the all new Scream movie on 4K Ultra HD and Blu ray, starring Nev Campbell, David Arquette, Courtney Cox. Scream is certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Own it today. Get killer bonus content, including interviews with the cast, deleted scenes, and much more from Paramount Pictures. And then we also have Blu-rays for Death on the Nile. Every Passenger Has a Motive, based on Agatha Christie's beloved novel and featuring a dazzling all-star cast. Death on the Nile will keep you guessing all the way to the final shocking conclusion. Add the critically acclaimed murder mystery to your movie collection today and enjoy deleted scenes, behind-the-scenes featurettes, and more. Available on 4K Ultra HD, Blu-ray, and digital. So we have Blu-rays for both of these movies to give away. Watch our social media. You don't want to miss out on getting one of these two amazing movies. All right, so Horror Hound Weekend. This is a horror convention that... Comes around to Cincinnati once once a year, usually. Usually in March, it's Cincinnati. And in September, it moves to Indianapolis. So I 
I've had the pleasure. I've gone to a couple. I have not been to Horror Hound since 2019. Unfortunately, the last tickets I had were for the 2020 show, which was canceled due to COVID. But finally, I was able to come back, come back this year. And like I said, I love going to Horror Hound to watch all the indie horror movies that I can see. I can't, unfortunately, see everything because there are two screening rooms. A lot of stuff happens at the same time. So I typically choose to watch mostly the feature films. There are panels throughout the weekend that you can see celebrities that you can meet you can get pictures autographs there's a floor you know if you've gone to a convention you kind of know what to expect so i'm going to start off and kind of go through the weekend when i got there on friday i mean the lines were huge to get in which was a good thing for horror hound so the attendance was there i immediately went to the feature film room because there was a couple movies I wanted to see that first night. The first one that I sat down to watch was called Where the Scary Things Are. It's written and directed by B. Harrison Smith, a group of teenagers inspired by a high school create-your-own-urban-legend project quickly get out of hand in their desire for more likes and going viral with deadly consequences. Overall, I did enjoy this film. It had a lot of kind of commentary about social media and getting those likes, getting those views, you know, reading the comments, you know, on a YouTube page or wherever you kind of you kind of put this. And it had some commentary on bullying. And I really liked the creature in this film. I kind of wished we would have got more of an interaction. There's one character that kind of interacts with the creature a little differently than some of the other characters. I kind of would have liked to see more with those two, but I mean, it didn't, didn't hurt. There's a younger character that is kind of the comic relief that I found very funny, had some of the best one-liners throughout the film. Watch for where the scary things are. And in that screening, there was a short film called Familiar, that screened before and it's a pretty simple one man in a room with something trying to get through the door and you don't know exactly what it is it was actually a really good short film so look for that one called familiar now after that screening adam green who you may know from the hatchet films was in attendance at horror hound all weekend and they had an event with him that first night. So after this first screening, I went to this event with him. He and Kane Hodder were talking to the audience and they were kind of talking through hatchet, what we could look for possibly in the future and them working together because Kane Hodder played Victor Crowley in the hatchet movies and hearing the stories of how they got the hatchet movies kind of going and the sequels And Adam talking about his uh, show Holliston and some of his other projects. It was it was just a really good panel with him. And he did get the Icon Award at Horror Hound for what he does in horror. And it was it was a fun panel. Kane Hodder was hilarious. Anytime someone would walk out of the room, he would call them out as they're walking out. (laughs) And it was so funny. But yeah, I love that. Right after that panel, I went to 
a midnight screening. And this was the one film I was the most excited to see over the weekend. I've been wanting to see this for quite a while. If anybody watches my YouTube reviews that I do with Jason from the History of Bad Ideas podcast knows that he and I have been looking forward to seeing crabs. We did an interview with Andrew Hunt from Raven Banner, and we were asking about crabs, and he, he was like, it's a fun movie, you gotta you watch for it. So it was playing at Whorehound. I was super excited. Jason was jealous of me, but I finally got to see crabs, and I will say, out of the weekend, this was the most fun film that I saw. It was exactly what I wanted it to be. It was just stupid, silly fun. And here's the quick synopsis. A horde of murderous crab monsters descend on a sleepy coastal town on prom night. And only a ragtag group of outcasts can save the day. And it's written and directed by Pierce Baralsheimer. Oh my gosh, it was so much fun. Pierce was there. I got to talk to him after the film. So excited to see it again when it comes out. There is one character in it that is heavily comic relief that apparently has a commentary in the Blu-ray that is coming out. So I'm pumped to see that. Make sure you watch our YouTube page, youtube.com slash the cinema guys, because I'm sure Jason from history of bad ideas and I will get not only a review of crabs out when we can both see it, but I'm sure we will talk to Pierce about the film as well. Make sure you watch for that. But <laughs> it was so much fun, so much fun. I really, really enjoyed Crabs, and it lived up to the silly, goofy movie that I really wanted it to be. So that was the first day of Horror Hound. On the next day, when I got there, again, I went to the screening room to see a movie called Apps, which is an anthology film, and it's a Chilean and Argentinian co-production and it's four stories where an application will open the doors to terror so this i really really liked this like basically all the the bookends for it is there's a woman sitting on the couch kind of flipping through her phone and flipping through stories and each one of those kind of sets off the the next story that that you're gonna see that happens and it kind of cuts back to her after each one is over but this was really well done. It had some really good gore and some of them had some good uh, practical work in them. And I kind of look forward to checking this out again when it's available on a streaming or disc or whatever. But watch for apps. And there were a few short films in front of it. One of them was called Peekaboo Man which has a man watching his child's baby monitor where things are happening in the room, which is kind of a frightening thought and something that if I, if my kids weren't a little older and you know, I was that first time parent, it's one of those as a first time parent, I was always watching that baby monitor, making sure nothing's going to happen in the room. And I mean, it's short story here. I mean, Something did happen in my first child's room one time when he was a baby. We ended up a bat got into his room. That was quite a, uh, an exciting evening, let me tell you that. 
But this movie is about this man that sees things happening. He keeps going in the room thinking something's there and so on and so forth. I won't give anything away. But look up Peekaboo Man. Tech Savvy was another one short film before apps. And this one was about a woman who figured out that she could use, you know, like Photoshop. If she erased something in a picture, it would actually happen in real life. So she was trying to change things and have them happen, you know, in real life. And then something happens that she unfortunately could not revert back to how it was before. And yeah, I'm not going to give anything away on that, but look up tech savvy. And the last one was called the pay. And this was a monster that comes after you, after you kind of, uh, share this certain thing on like Instagram. And if you do that, it's guaranteed to give you more likes and subscribes and whatnot. And, uh, Girl does this, but then a creature kind of comes after you kind of to as payback for doing that. Kind of making a deal with the devil, I guess you could say. But look for the pay. So the next film I watched was called The History of Metal and Horror. And this was directed by Mike Schiff. And The History of Metal and Horror is a documentary that explores the history of heavy metal music and horror and how the two genres kind of play off each other so often it wasn't a typical i don't want to say it's not a typical documentary it's very much a documentary of talking to a lot of um, heavy metal artists and directors and kind of coinciding with scary movies and heavy music and how they kind of their fans are kind of almost one in the same where if you like one, you typically like the other and vice versa. And in the way that they kind of converted over, it's, it's kind of set in the future and this, this guy finds tapes and that's how he's playing through it to get through the history of this. You're learning history of this horror and heavy metal from what he finds in the future when he's like only the last person on earth. So he's getting all this information, but it was, it was really good. And it is one of those, like, I'm a big horror fan. I'm a big heavy metal fan. So it kind of coincides for me that yes, I like both and I can see how they kind of go hand in hand with each other. And there was some good information in the doc. So watch for the history of metal and horror. There was a short film in front of that. It was called Haunted Objects, and it was kind of a YouTube channel-esque short with a man going through different objects that could be haunted. Like one was uh, James Dean's car. I forgot what the other object was, but it was kind of set up like a, a documentary YouTube channel watch. And it was it was fairly interesting. Some of it got a little long, but I still, you know, I still enjoyed it. All right. So the final film I saw on the Saturday was Woodland Gray, and it was co-written and directed by Adam Ryder. And it's when a man living alone in the woods saves the life of a young woman, they're forced to coexist. Chaos ensues when the woman makes a terrifying discovery in the woods behind the man's home and unleashes something truly haunting. 
Now, this movie is the movie that won Best Feature at the Horror Hound Awards that night. And it's not your typical horror movie. It is a lot of drama in it. it it's set in the woods. It's these characters just uh, out in the woods and, and a lot of things are happening. And you're trying to figure out the connection between all of the stuff that is going on. And it, it is a film that I, I think is really well acted and just the cinematography for one is amazing in this film. And I would highly suggest definitely watch for Woodland Gray to come out. I had the opportunity to sit down with Adam and talk to him about his experience at Horror Hound and a little bit about Woodland Gray. So let's jump into that really quick and then I'll be back on the other side to continue on with my Horror Hound weekend. Hey, I am here with Adam Ryder, the co-writer and director of the Horror Hound award-winning feature film, Woodland Gray. And I want to, first off, I just wanted to say congratulations. And second, how has your experience at Horror Hound been this weekend? Well, thank you for that. Man, Horror Hound has been the best. It is, I mean, I feel bad for all their festivals that aren't this festival. This is my new favorite festival. <laughs> it's great. I mean, the people who run this this thing are just the absolute best. This whole weekend has been a whirlwind. And for folks at home listening to this, I'm like, my eyes are tired. I'm rubbing my face. It's just, it's Sunday. We're exhausted. And that's a sign of a good festival. So it was great. What was it like getting your feature film? I know it was multiple years in the making finished and into the circuit so you could like start showing it to people we've been waiting for a really long time for that to happen and uh it it, it, ha it happened so slowly that it's almost anticlimactic because you, you submit to a bunch of festivals you get rejected from so many festivals and then you get one which is really cool but then maybe there's nothing for a while and then there's another you know so there's a momentum that builds up so there's you know i i think in my head at some point, I thought there was going to be like, okay, and now it's released. And there's like a big thing. And like, it feels like a transition, but it is not like that. It is a very slow process. I think that like the biggest transition from like before to after was probably last night when I won all these awards. Like, I've, I really feel like this festival in many ways is like validated the work that, uh, that I've done and the whole team on Woodland Gray has done. And so it feels like it's out there now, you know. Now I think is the it's the time that people are, are recognizing it and seeing it and that it feels really good. And I have seen the film and I quite enjoyed it. And one of the awards that won last night was cinematography, which when I watched it, that was the one thing that I I thought was like amazing about it. just the way the shots were framed and everything else. Can you speak to like your cinematographer on that? Yeah, he's the best, Graham. He's really great. So he had a, a uh, it was a challenge because. You know, we're out in the middle of nowhere. We have a couple lights available to us if we need, but we're really using, really using natural light. What Graham was able to do is make it look like we're not always using natural light. He was able to frame these shots beautifully, use the natural light to, to his advantage, find the best framing and had a really good, a really good sense of, how to visually represent the story that we're trying to tell. And one of the great things I, I, I love about working with Graham is that he, you know, he knows story very well. He's really good at like understanding where we're going and talking about it, even in editing when he came in afterwards and giving his, his two cents. And he's really good at storytelling. So he's able to use that and translate that into, into a visual language in a way that expressed my vision well and in, 
you know, was enhanced by his vision. So he, it was, it was great. And, and you're not the only one to say that. Like so many people after they see the movie, they're like, this is a great movie. Wow. It looks fantastic. And, and that's Graham, but it's also, you know, our, our coloring team, our post-production team, like uh, the whole gang together makes it look so, so crisp. What does the future hold for Woodland Gray? Is it still continuing festival runs? Is it um, distribution in its cards or, or what's next for it? So right now we have a uh, Canadian distribution is already in play. We're available on the Cineplex store, which is Canada's largest theatrical release company. So it's available online there through to rent or buy. We are heading over to Manchester, UK for our European premiere April 8th, I believe at Grimm Fest. So that's really exciting. I, I won't be able to attend, unfortunately, but uh, that's going to be that's going to be really great. In the meantime, we're looking for distribution worldwide outside of Canada. Like I said, Canada's already taken care of, um, and then we'll we'll see what happens, man. I want to thank you for talking to me, and congratulations again. And where can people find? You or Woodland Gray or anything on- online? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Adam Ryder Official, R E I D E R. You can find the movie also on Instagram at uh, Woodland Gray and uh, also on Facebook as well. Uh, reach out. Uh, if you see the movie and you want to talk about it, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you, man, for having me on. This is, uh, this is really great. And people will have thoughts. Yes, reach out. Again, I want to thank Adam for talking to me. It was so great to talk to him, and I do look forward to seeing his film once again. There were two shorts in front of Woodland Gray. One was called Enchanted, and it is about a photographer who goes about deadly means to get his photos done. And then the second one was called For Sale, and it is a couple who were looking to buy a TV that they found on kind of like a a Craigslist type of, of, you know, thing. So they're going to this man's house and some things happen. The final day of horror hound. I, I didn't sit down to watch any movies. I kind of used that day to really hit the floor, the vendor floor, kind of walk around. The first thing I did was the indie horror directors panel, which had director Pierce from crabs. It had, Director of Woodland Gray with Adam Ryder, Jonathan Katza from the house at the end of the forest. And it had many other directors. I didn't get to meet all of them or see all of their films. Hopefully I can eventually find them because I love indie horror. It was a, a great panel hearing how all of them had different experiences to get their work off the ground and finished and how much work a lot of it did take them. And the next panel I got to see was the Terrifier panel, which had Damian Leone and David Howard Thornton. And they were talking about Terrifier, upcoming Terrifier 2. It was a great panel hearing kind of how he got that off the ground and how Terrifier's kind of been with him for quite a few years. After the panel, I had the opportunity to sit down and talk to both Damien and David. So let's jump into that real quick interview, and I will talk to you on the other side. Hey, everybody. I am here with David Howard Thornton and Damien Leone. You will know them as the star of The Terrifier, Art the Clown himself, and the writer and director of The Terrifier. I'm excited to talk to them about their experience at Horrorhound. So we'll start with David. This is your first uh, Horrorhound experience in Cincinnati? 
Yes, indeed. It's been awesome. Been wanting to be here for a while now, so I'm so, so, so very grateful to be here. Now, how is it coming to something like this as the character that is kind of Damien created, you've kind of taken the mantle on and seeing fans like cosplay and just like coming up to you and like... Ah, oh, it's been very humbling. It's just, it's surreal because um, they also have us in the big room with a, a lot like the Screamcast and stuff like that. So just to be able to be on some kind of equal footing as the legends that came before us that inspired us to make the type of films we're making now, it's just unbelievable. It's, I never imagined anything like this would ever happen in my life. <laughs> and for you, Damien, this is also your first Horror Hound. How has your experience been? Amazing. This stuff never sinks in. I, I went to these when I was a kid, just as a fan uh, in Jersey at uh, Chiller Theater. And uh, now these are our peers and we're across from the Scream guys. And uh, I always get to see my hero Savini around here. It's it's very, very awesome. Now, did you ever think when you made All Hallows Eve and then The Terrifier, did you ever think that it would become something like this? Never knew it would come to this to this degree but there was a point after because i created that character back in 2005 and it was just it would go from a short film to all hallows eve always trying to make terrifier and every time i made something new the fan base would grow and grow and so at some point i didn't know there was something special with art the clown but to where, where it was going to go who, who knew it would turn to this and uh, we have a sequel terrifier 2 coming soon i know there's not much you can really say about it. I mean, you can kind of give us a quick, uh, what was it like finally getting that off the ground? I'll, I'll ask you first, Damien. First of all, every time I try and make one of these, no matter how successful the prior one is or how much bigger the fan base grows, nobody wants to give you money to make another one. So we said, you know what? We have such an amazing fan base. Everybody's doing the Indiegogo Kickstarter campaigns now. Let's give that a try. So I said, let's try and raise $50,000 from our fan base. And it, within two days, we raised two hundred and forty thousand dollars, something or something around there. It was it was insane, which is really a testament to the the fans and and how loyal and just supportive they are. It's unbelievable. Um, so that was great. So we hit the ground running. Uh, that really gave us some energy, and we just have been working on this movie for going on three years now. I would say um, it, it was very big in scope, uh, biggest thing we ever tried to do biggest film i ever made of uh, to this point and uh how did covid affect that did, were there good obviously bad things for shutting down but were there uh you know positives out of this to be like oh i got to do this because i i couldn't do anything else sure uh, i mean it was unfortunate it did shut us down for obvious reasons but um since we did have so much time off I, one kill in particular i was able to go back to the drawing board basically and start from scratch and start making it so much crazier and gorier and building a lot more gags to take it to another level. So that was that was a benefit. This was actually for the first time I tried to hire an additional makeup crew to help me do about 40% of the effects because it's just too much work. And they wound up bailing on me like a month before, three weeks before we started shooting. So then I had to do everything myself again, which means we had to jump into shooting without a lot of the effects built. So we'd have to shoot a scene, break, I'd have to build those effects, then we'd go back. And that's one of the reasons why it took so long. So the COVID break actually did give us time to really catch our breath and make the, the effects better. And David, how was it to come back as Art the Clown for another time? Oh, man, I was stoked because now, you know, going to part one, I was still discovering the character for myself. Going into part two, I knew who the character was. And he, I even look at 
art in part two, he's got more confidence in himself because he's come back from the dead. So he's a little bit more cocky and everything. So, yeah, I, I loved adding that aspect more to the character. And, I, and knowing what we were going to be doing in part two, I was so stoked. And the cast that we had, I was really even more stoked because especially our new female lead, Lauren Lavera, we went out, uh, the three of us, as, as soon as she was cast, just so we could all get to know each other because we're like, we're going to be in in the trenches for a while together, you know, hopefully in multiple films. And, like, let's get to know each other. So building that relationship with her and even some of my other co-stars before we all started uh, working together really just got me more excited because like, I, I'm going to have so much fun working with these people. And we became like a family during all this. So it's, And I think it's going to translate very well on screen, too, that we were all very excited to make this film. And we're all looking forward to seeing it. I know there's no release date or anything you can give us yet. But um, before I let you guys go, get back to it, where can we find you guys like online or any other projects you're working on? I'll start with you, Damien. Yeah, I'm primarily on Instagram. Uh, it's just my name, Damien underscore Leone. And uh, same on Facebook. That's where I give most of the updates. Uh, what I could tell you now is that Terrifier 2 is going to come out no later than Halloween of this year. And hopefully it's going to be on either Shutter or Netflix. So we're in talks with a lot of platforms right now, and we're just moments away from making a deal. And David? You can find me on both Facebook and Instagram under David Howard Thornton. And also I'm on Cameo as well if you want me to make a little happy birthday video or something like that for you as well. So I, I like to do that kind of stuff for the fans too. Well, thank you again. Thank you very much for talking to me. I was so excited to talk to them. I really like the terrifier and i'm looking so looking forward to terrifier 2 and as damien said look for it by halloween so hopefully it's sooner rather than later because i'm so excited to see it overall i had such a blast at horror hound this weekend so many people i met there's one film i didn't get to see at horror hound but uh, i did get to see it after the fact and that was the house at the end of the forest written and directed by Jonathan Katzoff. And this is Astrid goes to her family summer cabin, her childhood safe haven, after having been brutally attacked by a stranger. Soon the secure and comfortable family reunion Astrid had hoped for turns into a nightmare when the stranger returns with a group of accomplices. And I really like this movie. It was... It's set up quickly with, you know, this attack on her. And then she goes to this peaceful cabin with her family and soon turns into something more as, you know, there are attackers after her once again. And uh, there are some twists that happened throughout the film, which there's definitely one of them I did not see coming. And I really enjoyed it. So look for the house at the end of the forest. And I got a chance to sit down and talk to Jonathan about his, again, his experience at Horror Hound and his film. I had not seen the film before I got to talk to him, but here is Jonathan. I am here with Jonathan Katziff the director of The House at the End of the Forest. And I just want to talk about your experience with Horror Hound and bringing your movie 
over here to the to the, to the states. How, how has your experience been? It's been great. It, it's been amazing, actually, from the start until like everything. Uh, I don't have anything to to complain about, and I'm pretty good at complaining from time to time. So yeah, no, it's been cool. I didn't know about it. I just applied to it, and then they contacted me. I was like, okay, I guess they're bringing a lot of people from Europe over. And I was like, no, you're the only one. <laughs> so it's been a great honor and it's been really nice and really, really professional. And it sounds like I'm kissing ass, but I don't need to. <laughs> now, was this the, the US premiere of the film? No. And your film, I haven't seen it yet. I plan to, to, to see it soon. Are you looking at distribution for it coming out like this year do you have any plans for it to come out that's really hard to talk about i got got a couple of leads that hopefully will end up with distribution distribution in the u.s this year but uh, not something concrete at the moment no is there some place people can contact uh social media or whatnot so they can just watch for whenever that'll come out yeah yeah facebook facebook just search for it Uh, the house of the forest you will find a Facebook page, or you can contact me uh, through IMDb. You got the runner-up award for feature, correct? Yeah. And congratulations on that, and good luck with getting the film out and writing. Let me ask you this. How was, how was that? To, I know you didn't win the award, but just, I mean, to be in the top, did it feel pretty good? It felt really cool, actually. But the, the big award is, this sounds really cheesy, but the big award is to experience Horror Hound, because we don't got this in... in sweden at all so coming here and see all these people thousands of people in all ages was such a cool experience and the screen panel i i saw scream five times in the cinema in my teens and i saw it i kept count up till 50 times at home so i apparently 60 plus or something so this has been a life-changing experience and getting the honorable mention for writing as a, a dyslectic and and runner-up for best features is surreal. So yeah, it's it's yeah, it's really really cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations again, and everybody look for the house at the end of the forest coming coming soon. Just just watch for it. Follow him on Facebook. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I want to thank Jonathan for chatting with me also and. Everybody who I talked to, who I met throughout the weekend, including Connor from CRPWrites.com. He and I have interacted online quite a few times, and it was good to finally meet him face-to-face. Make sure you follow all the reviews he does over at CRPWrites.com. There's one movie called Camping Trip that it's a film during, you know, the height of COVID quarantine that I didn't get a chance to see. But I talked to the director, Leonardo, and I look forward to watching it hopefully soon. If you're in the Cincinnati area and you love horror movies, go to Horror Hound. Uh, If you love indie horror films, check out their film fests. I really enjoy the film fest. I mean, it's when I went in 2019, that's when I got to see one of my favorite indie horror movies in recent years, and that is Candy Corn. I know a lot of people who know me know that I really enjoyed that film. I mean, that's one way to find, you know, horror movies that you may not ever see or may not ever hear about is going to these smaller little film fests. So I am excited to return in September to do the same thing, see what 
films that Zoe and her team have in store for September. Before we leave, I am going to do a short at-home recommendations. And for this at-home recommendations, I'm going to kind of keep it horror-themed. First on my list is a film that's on Shudder. It's called See For Me. And it is about a girl who is blind and she is house-sitting for somebody. She's kind of cat-sitting. She's staying at a house to watch a cat while someone goes on vacation. But a group of people break into the house because they want to get in the safe and get something out of it. And she uses a service, an app on her phone service, that the person on the other end will basically, as the title says, see for her. So she just kind of holds her phone up and this person on the other end will tell her, you know, where to go, what's going on. And she's trying to help her out all while these people are in the house and they find her and they're after her. And it is it is a really good watch. I would definitely recommend checking out See For Me. Another one that I would recommend if you haven't seen Terrifier, check out Terrifier. I know it's on Tubi. It might be on a, some other services, but go watch Terrifier if you love horror movies. I don't get creeped out by clowns, but Art the Clown is very creepy because he's kind of like a mime clown, so he doesn't talk. He just big smiles and eyes and motions with hands and there's one scene in particular in this film that's extremely brutal and i was like holy crap and as in damien said that there's a scene in terrifier 2 that kind of one-ups this one from the first movie so curious to see what he has in mind for that but check out terrifier and before we leave you, like I said, go to wearethecinemaguys.com, follow us on social. Right now, we are doing another giveaway for a digital film called The Contractor, starring Chris Pine. It's in theaters and on digital. When a discharged elite special forces sergeant is desperate to provide for his family, he contracts with a private military force and unravels deep conspiracy, sending him on the run for his life. You can buy and rent it on digital today from Paramount Pictures, but we have some digital codes to give away. I will say anyone who made it this far, send me a message what my favorite movie that I saw during Horror Hound Weekend, and I will send you a digital code for that. Also watch our social media as we will be giving away some other ones, as well as Scream and Death on the Nile. So we have a lot of cool stuff going on. That will do it for another episode of The Cinema Guys. I hope you enjoyed this Brad-only episode. Hopefully I didn't bore you too much with all my ramblings on. And there are some great indie horror films to watch for. Like I said, watch for Where the Scary Things Are, Crabs, Apps, History of Metal and Horror, Woodland Gray, The House at the End of the Forest, there were others, like I said, but I didn't get to see everything, and I look forward to seeing more in September. All three of us will be back next week as we talk After Yang, starring Colin Farrell. You won't want to miss that. Make sure you subscribe to the show, and you'll never miss an episode. But until next time, maybe we'll see you 
at the movies. Tell them what? That we're being attacked by man-eating crabs? We have to stop it. 